0: can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 31st, 2012. For newcomers, I would suggest at the beginning, the broadcast, rather than pester you all the way through it, to make use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see a whole bunch of other sites listed on that page. These are the the official sites, the only ones I have. And uh, they all carry audios for free download. I go into the histories of the big system you're born into. It's very, very deceptive. It's intentionally deceptive. And I go through uh, the history of the organizations that got together a long time ago, to basically take over all the resources of the world. Uh, some of them involved actually owned uh, three quarters of the world's resources of that time. And now they've gone for bust, including all the human resources as well. And then to bring in academia and specialists to, to manage the big worldwide uh, herd, uh, and to make sure that the compliance and they get the right kind of stock to be good subservient and good little workers. And uh, so, help yourself to the audios; they're free. Remember, too, uh, the, all those sites listed there carry transcripts in English for print-up. And if you go into Alan Sentinel EU, you'll find transcripts in other languages for prints up. So help yourselves. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. You can help me uh, creep by here by buying the books and discs at Cutting Through The Matrix.com website. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, personal checks are still good uh, as are postal money orders from the post office. International postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. You'll see how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, I don't bring on advertisers as guest remember, or sell products, and, uh, and don't really promote myself in a commercial way. So therefore it's up to you to just help me get by, and donations, straight donations, are really awfully, awfully welcome. But this gives me a freer hand to be more honest about things too, rather than being tied up with companies and corporations. What I do, is, I say, I go through the history of uh, the system that we live in. There have always been uh, cabals down through history, and in all times, all ages of those who get to the top and rule either through the military and force or, or commerce and both, actually. And nothing really changes. Uh, we go through class systems. We go farces called democracy, where it really it's a con. It's, it's described as a con, by the way, and upper academia and the special, uh, you know, the granite schools in England, uh, they talk about it there and they go into positive freedom and negative freedom. Negative freedom is where you think you've got rights and freedoms and they allow you to vote for the guys they put in front of you, but in reality you're kept dumb, stupid and compliant. Uh, and in positive freedom, they use you for war purposes. We're all in it together. Let's get on. Let's let's, let's go into rationing and, and suffer and, and win the cause. That's called positive freedom. So they're both types. And of course, Isaiah Berlin is one of the big big uh, preachers of this. He taught Tony Blair all the dirty tricks to play on the public. So we live through it a fantasy. Really, we're given this fake reality, uh, this fantasy. Uh, to keep us happy, compliance. And the only thing that you have to do, it's your duty to do as far as you're concerned at the top, the only reason to keep you around is to fight wars, generally, is that they breed you up for that purpose beforehand, mind you, for 20 years they breed you up. And then they kill us off and bring us down or sterilize us when uh, they've won their big battles. And we're reaching the stage now where where they see global empire, their long uh, sought-after goal, and that's why everybody's becoming infertile. Because dirty tricks were played on everyone, you know, everyone, male and female, doesn't matter. Now I'll be back with more on this after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, and and it is a matrix too. It's very, very. Uh, it's just like the movie. It's got so many different compartments, and each time you think you've got to a goal, you find there's many, many more compartments all around you, above you, etc., etc. And that's the way the system is really created and meant to be to keep you trapped. I'm always trapped in a particular area, thinking you've, you've achieved some sort of goal. And in reality, someone above you is laughing at you. Not just you, but lots like you. Because the, the system is utterly rigged, and it's always been rigged. We're in a feudal system, for those who don't understand it. And the feudal systems of of ancient times really are still here. In fact, that's what Carl Quigley said, too. The system we're bringing in under the CFR, this world organization, uh, on behalf of the big, wealthy international bankers, he said, is a feudal system. And he says the CEOs of corporations, private corporations, will be the new overlords for this system. And then we saw, well, even 15, 20 years ago, the beginning of Private and public mergers uh, and partnerships, as they like to call them, where well, well, these new feudal overlords came in and started dictating to town councils, city councils, and countries how to run their affairs. Well, we're, it's just a, the big boys are simply upgrading what they already owned, uh, their own system into the next part of, of the, the world system. That's all it is. And feudalism has always been here. Uh, you have to go through the strange legalism that were given to that didn't originate in England or anywhere else. It was much, much older than that, far away. And uh, you have to go into corporations and what a corporation is and to find out even your country is a corporation, even your local townships a corporation, uh, even your police force is a corporation, uh, all under the mercantile corporate laws. So that's where we really are, and it's been that for an awful long time. And Most of us are along for the ride and to serve uh, those who own us, basically, and you are supposed to work hard and get a good job if you can and uh, produce and consume and pay taxes because, you see, the massive taxes are what creates the big building projects, and the boys who own the world have always been in big building projects. And they try and put their cash up. They like they prefer the taxes of the general population to to build them for them, whether it's roads or big buildings. Even in ancient times, too, the Romans did it wherever they went to so build big building projects. And uh, they tax the public to pay for it all. And, of course, they hand it over to the ones who own it. To, they get it for free, basically, or peanuts. Today, they even do the same kind of thing with a strange strange thing with a dollar exchange. I've never understood this dollar thing, one dollar. Uh, and and Britain is one pound, and you can literally take over a whole corporation that was built by tax money. So everything's rigged, and of course uh, the public never figure it out, because they're too worried uh, keeping a job today, if if they've got one, uh, are working quite a few to keep it going, and uh, society itself has been demolished. You have to divide and conquer right down, not just to the family, but even the genders, and even within the genders now, you see. And they have so many factions all fighting each other, they can't get along and unite against anything in their own common interest. Divide and conquer is the ancient rule, and it awfully well. Everyone's got a chip on their shoulder, so you just find a group that, that has the same kind of chip, and you feel that you belong, of course. And then somebody, a good psychopath, is given to you, and, and they run you off in circles for their own profit, eventually, and their own positions in society. So we're living in a very complex system. It appears to be, at least if you don't go into it in, in any depth, but once you do go into depth, it starts becoming easier to understand, and... Um, as I say, Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s, who was a physicist working on the Manhattan Project earlier, uh, and again, descendant of Charles Darwin and Galtons uh, that intermarried themselves, of course. He actually said that, that we're in the process of creating a new, more efficient form of slavery, because there's always been forms of slavery. Uh, today, of course, we're at the, this big crossroads, you might call it a crossroads, where people think they're becoming aware at least they're becoming more aware that they've all been had and they've been conned now the big boys too long long ago knew that this time would come even before they gave us the internet they, t- they talked about uh, they'd have to set up programs to combat it and they were setting up programs before they gave the public the internet to combat free speech or to combat any any material thing taking shape that could possibly oppose them through information, and we have propaganda wars going on all the time. Everything's propaganda wars, and uh, you have to be awfully careful who you follow or what you follow, and so on. And everybody's got a stake in it. There's left-wing ones out there with, with stakes who are actually Trotskyists, and uh, and they have a lot of good information about the terrible things being done to the public over the years and, and in recent times. And then you have the, the other ones too who, who are far right some of them who are owned by the establishment themselves, uh, who want to go back to a particular time in history that was more of a Hollywood notion than a reality. And um, the thing is that you cannot do that until, because nothing goes back, never, nothing ever goes back to the way it was. So you have to decide what what do you actually want at all. What most people want is to have uh, upward mobility. I've mentioned this many times before. In society, rebellions and revolutions start really with, uh, as always, uh, young middle class people who find that they're blocked with upward mobility. And uh, the elite themselves don't want too many folk pushing at this moment for upward mobility because in a global society, they want to share this upward mobility with all the new countries they keep bringing into their big, massive world federation. And, and they want it to be multicultural and et cetera. But they also really want ones that they can count on as being part of the establishment as well. So most revolutions in the past are to do with upward mobility. And uh, really people want to get on in life and, uh, and live in more comfort, as, as much as they can possibly grab for themselves. And... Um, what happens when they actually achieve upward mobility is they either form a class of their own or they join one already in existence, and then they become part of the establishment, and then the establishment becomes more nasty and clever too, mind you, uh, because they own the media always, not all eras, and they um, they turn on the general public uh, and want more and more, more cash from them. Taxation, as I say, is the big money, honeypot that they get the money f- from for their big building projects and also for their own corporations. There's way more corporate uh, welfare uh, than any other kind of welfare in the, on the planet. It's corporate welfare. You just have to look at the, the never mind the recent bailouts of, of all the, the crooked bank, banking systems that we've got across the planet. They were all involved, uh, like wolves, just ravenous wolves, uh, scraping up every penny they could get from the general population under big massive frauds. And the governments rewarded them by giving them as much cash back as they claimed, as they claimed they'd lost, even though they didn't lose. Uh, all that stuff was involved in real estate. That, that included machine shops and, and businesses and everything they took over. So they, they, they doubled, they doubled what they had, really. They didn't lose a damn thing, the banks. And that tells you too which uh, uh, who your representatives in politics are actually who they're serving. It's not the general public because the general public end up with a big tab for all for other people's crimes. That's what it is. It's very simple, isn't it? And yet we're, we're taught by the media, which is owned by the same criminals. Uh, that you know they're, they're being fair and honest, and inquiries are going on. All the usual guff is called guff for those who understand it, and. Um, and most people go back to sleep until the next big uh, robbery and plunder takes place by the ones at the top. But as I said, they knew many, many years ago this was coming. And that's why back in the 70s, they started planning massive SWAT teams and then multi-jurisdictional task forces in the Western countries to deal with the coming riots, which they knew were coming down the pike because we'd, we'd reach a point where the big boys are reaching for more and more of the cash they wanted to bring us into austerity and plunder most of your cash back from you. I mean, money's really given you understand what money's for. You're going to the history of money. At one time, most folk and tribes and clans and countries didn't have money, and they lived pretty well. You understand. Money was always introduced by uh, the ones who ran ancient banks and systems. Because they went along with the armies of the countries they conquered financially who owed them cash. And they would go along after getting them to go and fight another country, just like we're doing today with the Middle East. And uh, and they introduced the monies to these people. Once you introduce the monies and a generation passes, it doesn't take long. Uh, then you can start taxing all back from them, you see. Which means rather than get them slave drivers, uh, you simply say, oh, it's a law, you get paid taxes. And that's your labor going back under the guise of coin. Understand? It's all a rip-off. It's all a rip-off. Always been that way, though. And it only benefits those who can keep enough coin to themselves after they've paid their taxes because they've, they've already joined cabals in the proper groups that know how to scam it back because there's always loopholes left for for the wealthy, you understand, but never for anybody else. The whole system is rigged. See, it's always been rigged. I can remember in Britain years ago... There was a big, uh, oh, we're going to get the rich, we're going to get the rich, etc., uh, including all the musicians, the top musicians. And um, I think it was Elton John came out and he says, oh, I'm not worried about it at all. He says, they always leave a good loophole for us, and uh, meaning his particular class, because he was up there by them. And sure enough, that's what happened. There's always a massive loophole. And then even the Queen of England says, oh, I'll be fair. I'll take a salary from you now, from the public for, you know, sitting on a throne and all that, to a her salary. And uh, and then she said, I'll pay taxes too. And then I think Man alive series did a program on it. And they eventually found this this, this big ma- massive mansion, walled mansion, way up in the country, where they did her p- uh, particular income, her own her own her own company, and they would even let the crew through the gates, you know. So it's a very special type of uh, uh, accountant that she has, uh, and of course they've got all these. God, this is a woman who owns almost countries across the whole oceans. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Organization, of course, is the, is the power behind uh, those who rule, because once they're in power, they, they, they form their cabals and uh, corporations and deal with each other above board, in a sense, above countries, above governments, and, and run the world that way. We're run by corporations, have been for a long time. Uh, even private armies run us now, and, and private uh, intelligence agencies and like Google and things like that. They're all private intelligence agencies that work with the other ones. But... Um See, everything that's happening today was foreseen at least 30 odd years ago when we come to this point. And even before they gave us the internet, they discussed it too. How they'd keep control of it and how they would, they've done so many studies. They said that most folk actually helps, it helps to disintegrate their thought patterns rather than consolidate thought patterns because they can't handle data. They don't know how to use data and they can't, they don't know how to discern what is worthwhile keeping or understanding and what isn't. And, of course, it works very well for, for, on that way for, for most folk. They, they really have no memory of anything. They've got bits and bytes of information all mushed up together. But, see, cabals got together a long time ago in Hamburg, in Germany, and formed the big banking systems. And, of course, out of that came the Rothschilds establishment. And these were very well-organized systems. They had their own fleets of ships uh, for trade. They already had that long before that. And even when they ran Holland, the same banking groups uh, made Holland the merchant capital of, of the, the planet for a while. And their ships, fleets of ships, were all owned by these same private families Then moved into Germany and elsewhere. And and kept the fleets of ships, and these ships also brought intelligence back and forth, even in the 1700s. They got the news before anybody else did, what was happening, what was going on, and they could actually shape history right down to commerce and what kind of commerce would come into countries, because it all worked together, you see. And it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed the system. Here's an article here about Rockefellers and Rothschild that says, The Rockefeller Group traces its roots back to 1882, when John D. Rockefeller established one of the world's first family offices dedicated to investing his wealth. And now, he's a robber baron, if you ever go into the book. It's a very good book called The Robber Barons, and it gives you uh, pretty detailed explanations of how these crooks got their money, because they were not nice gentlemen at all. They literally were gangsters. But it doesn't matter, once you've got the cash, your offspring go off to university and they become more refined, they're taught to be refined, and then then the general population bow to them and worship them because of their wealth. That's how people, unfortunately, are. And it says, it's been developed into a provider of wealth and asset management services to other families, foundations, and institutions. Now, these other families, foundations, and institutions, again, were all working together back in the 1700s. It says it's a majority owned by the 19th century oil magnates family and has $34 billion of assets under administration. They've got a heck of a lot more than that, but that's just the assets under administration. The partnership with RIT, that's Rothschild, will focus on setting up investment funds, eyeing joint acquisitions of wealth and asset managers and granting each other non-executive directorships. RIT Capital Partners, it's a minority owned by Lord Rothschild, and its net assets of 1.9 billion pounds are spread across global investments from public equities to government bonds. It, now, these are international lenders, remember. They get countries into debt, and then they control the spiral of debt, and then they buy up. They, they lend to the at massive interest rates, and then they, they buy up the bonds, and, and they get massive returns on the bonds because they're lending in the first place to those countries that sell the bonds at massive interest rates. The deal stemmed from a meeting two years ago when Mr. Rockefeller introduced Lord Rothschild to the U.S. Group's chief executive, Reuben Jeffrey. In a follow-up meeting one year later, Lord Rothschild's officer at Spencer House in London, the financier won Mr. Jeffrey's blessing for opening talks to buy a stake in the Rockefeller group. So it's really just cousins getting back together because both their families, I'm sure, are interrelated down to many, many centuries, in fact. And, of course, Rockefellers also came from Germany originally, and then they married into to the Davis family. And, um... It says here, he then launched long negotiations with Société Générale, private banking which has owned the shareholding since 2008. The French bank's wealth management arm has several suitors from, for the minority stake. estimated to be more, uh, worth more than £100 million, but Lord Rothschild was the only one supported by the Rockefellers. So it goes on and on, of course, but these are very old families. Uh, that set out to take over the world because their predecessors already had run the merchant banking system. That's all the shipping, all the importing, exporting, and the trade routes for centuries and centuries before them. Same groups. So big, big cabals are at work. And you can, there's plenty of information about their histories if you want them. Interesting too, it was at the, the Spencer House, he sat here, and the Spencer House uh, was also to do with uh, Winston Spencer, Churchill, and the Spencer family, of course, uh, that uh, you 'll find it was the Spencers that uh, were head of the world the, the British uh, Jewish Congress for many many years many many years it 's funny going to Hyde Park you know, in Hyde Park cemetery and you 'll see uh, marks on one grave and across the aisle you know just across the walkway you 've got Spencer like Marx and Spencer. Of course, that was Karl Marx. But anyway, uh, old families, old money, old cabals. But the thing is, too, they they run so many think tanks to look after not just their own cash, but how to keep their cash, how to... They're they're involved completely in politics and geopolitics, and they want a world system. And, of course, they want all the carbon taxes to go through the, the Rothschild's private bank in Switzerland from all the peasants down below. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. I'm Ellen Watward, cutting through the matrix, just talking about Rockefellers and Rothschilds with their latest deal. They've been working together under the covers, you might say, uh, uh for a long, long time. Uh, these big boys always do. And, uh, and often they're interrelated through marriage and various other things. And, and you have to go through the histories of the, 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 the female side as well to find out who is who. And they also have even brought up children in the past. Uh, out of other special families and like Jacob Schiff, for instance, that, that was brought up in the Rothschilds home and sent over to help take over America a long time ago. So a long history behind it and these characters have think tanks. They help direct the, the world's, um, wars, future wars for, for, for uh, geopolitics and to ensure that the world is safe for them to keep ruling and you can rule, uh, through commerce absolutely, no problem at all politics is a sideline for the general public as they say and they'll be at it for a long time yet because there's nothing to stop them but now they're all coming together again as they've always been been involved in the same uh, clandestine groups cabals, cartels and they're coming together because they see the, plund, the vast plunders uh, coming their way with massive new economy of, call, of carbon taxes and energy taxes, etc. which they're all going to uh, – it's all going to go through their banking systems. And also tonight, too, a uh, kind of yawn thing, really, but it's the Bilderberg meetings, which they have every year, and they put up their own membership list on their own website. It's not never the complete membership because I always sneak a few in during the meetings – uh, that they want to p- push upstairs from politics, and I'm sure Canada's got one there, Miss uh, Redford. She's got, she's deemed for higher things, obviously, and other ones too will be popped in there and basically given the go ahead. But what they really do with the with the newcomers there is to uh, give them the, the formal introductions to the, their their handlers. The, the newcomers are given handlers, and the phone numbers are exchanged, scrambled phones, etc. And they can talk to them at any time, night or day. That becomes their mentor, much like the AA or the uh, Narconon, etc. They give you a kind of mentor. Well, that's, just, that's how they work this thing for amongst themselves, for the newcomers, who gives them advice and works out things for them, keeps their name out of the paper. If they, if they put their foot in it, uh, the, the older guy will uh, smooth it all out for you, no problem at all. Because they say democracy is a farce, you understand. But I put up uh, the list, as I say, of the Bilderbergs, uh, the partial list, because they never give a, a complete list at, at all. And uh, what's interesting, the other thing about the Bilderbergs is, here's all these guys working in, in governments of different countries, uh, running the finances of different countries, the uh, universities of different countries, and, and but especially in the government. Uh, why are they involved in these private organizations? Uh, that label themselves as private, they're all out to take over the entire planet. They should all be fired from their positions, uh, from the taxpayer's point of view. And I'll pull up two or three articles, two on Rockefeller, because I think Der Spiegel put it the first article themselves, and everybody else copied it on the on the merger sort of deal, this partnership which they've always had, you know, they've always had. Now, I mentioned the other day, too, that the BBC was caught putting up old uh, massacre photographs from uh, it was from Iraq. I think it was, yeah, it was Iraq. And they put them up claiming it was the latest Syrian massacre. I'll put up a, a site tonight, a video, to go over that again, to show that the BBC always does this, this sort of thing, always has done in the past, too, use old stuff from other places, and because they're always behind NATO always behind NATO, and we know they're going to take down Syria one way or another because it was on the list of the Project for New American Century, as all the other ones were that they've gone through. And it was also published in Israeli papers as well, on the same list they had their own list, which was identical to the New American Century list as well. So they're going down one way or another, and the lull they had was to allow reinforcements to come in from the West and more armaments to take over. But, yeah, they're the stooped as low as using old massacre uh, photographs and blaming it on the Syrians, this great trust, trustworthy BBC, Aunt Beebe, they call it. Aunt Beebe, they call it in Britain. Now, they also, they, they, they've mentioned, they've actually openly, some of them have come out and said this, that they're trying to create an even deeper crisis. They're creating the crisis to do with the Euro collapse, which, of course, I'm sure from the very beginning that was part of the plan. Uh, when even Goldman Sachs was one that went in to do the books uh, for Greece before they even were accepted into the euro. And Goldman Sachs went into other And so they okayed them and said, yep, their, their books are all in order. it's fine. So they lied, right? They lied. Goldman Sachs, the guys that run the planet and all their economy. So... It says uh, they're getting ready now to get very panicking, hoping that they can push forward and really integrate Europe Euro and, and the, the, all the top guys in the European Commission who really run Europe because it's not democratic. The politicians really have nothing much to do except yell at each other and make clever speeches and mock each other. The, the Commission at the top is very secretive and it was never meant to be a democratic institution. Uh, it's post-democratic, according to the Club of Rome, who said that democracy was over. If there ever even was one, but it says Bank of England read his plan for euro collapse. So this is to scare all the investors. So politicians say, "Well, we had to, we had to go in even tighter in with the European Union to save us all from collapsing." So this article is from the Telegraph. It's like a handout, as far as I can see, and it's meant to terrify people. Oh, we can't pull out now, or we'll all end up in poverty. Well, you'll end up in utter poverty if you go in as well. Believe you me because uh, they want utter austerity from the Euro Parliament. And nobody wanted the darn thing, except the same globalists of the, the Bilderberg Trilateral Commission on and Foreign Relations. That's what they wanted, a united Europe. Winston Churchill wanted a united Europe. His personal secretary put out his book his, uh, on his diaries and he said Winston Churchill during the war was telling the general public, oh, be patriotic and fight for your country, and your culture, and so on. And in private, uh, very frequent uh, meetings with his peer group and in, in special booze cans, you might call it, at night was saying to his peer group that this war will bring us in a united Europe that we've always wanted. So there's always different cabals on the go with different uh, directions, etc., that keep the public ignorant of. The public are just useful to fight their wars for them. And to fight wars, you've got to drape yourself in the flag and say all the right things, bring out all the national emblems and, and get some well-known air, uh, you know, of musical singing along there so you can, you feel you're all part of it. But they wanted a united Europe out of it, which they've got. Karl Marx wanted it too. He was the first one to mention the three trading blocks under a world government. Uh, that's not coincidental that they all come up with the same thing it's an old plan and Marx was was just one of the front boys for it too because he was left and right understand so here's this big article oh everybody's going to go to the dogs if we don't go an even tighter with Europe which means no sovereignty at all right now Britain can make a decision without the European Union okaying it or, or neighing it so the bank raised plans for a Euro collapse. The bank's already completed a quantitative easing programme, which means inflation effectively printing more money with worth three hundred and twenty five billion pounds, and this may be extended again, so you're only going to go into massive hyperinflation is what they're telling the people. A senior bank official for the bank said the measures would again play their part in mitigating the impact of Greece and other countries leaving the single currency. So they haven't done it yet. This is just a scare tactic, as I say. And, of course, your prime minister will come out eventually and say, oh, well, we have no option but to go in and tear up any constitution that we had. Mind you, I haven't seen any British constitution. It's all oral. It's an oral constitution. Isn't that great for democracy? It's an oral one. And a a generation later say, oh, we never said that. That's not an oral contract. (laughs) Then they they pull out the Magna Carta. Now, the Magna Carta didn't make people free in Britain. It was nobility that got more freedoms. The people who were all serfs remained as serfs. They were not free men. Only free men got more rights. And uh, much like today, in other words. So I'll put that up tonight, too. Now, close your Facebook account. is a good video. It goes into an inquiry that was played, and you hear the guys, FBI and CIA, saying it was the best thing that ever happened for them, obviously, because it's part of them. And they were just so overwhelmed and, and happy when everybody, every little idiot out there, decided to, to put all their photographs up of them and their friends, and all their friends' telephone numbers, and what they do and what they think and all that. This amazing data collection for the CIA. I'll put that up tonight. For those of you who think that some little character did it all by his little lonesome. You know they always give us little geniuses and people swallow the genius story. That's why they always give you the lonesome little character. You know, and working in his garage and things. You know, it works wonders, doesn't it? Same with Einstein too. Anyway, it says, Privacy Watchdog is too soft on Google over claims it took information from home computers. Now, let's be honest, it's a private worldwide intelligence service started up by MI6 and the CIA. That's what it was, still is. It's public-private, public-private, you see. That way, governments can't touch it. So that's what was set up that way. Well, we can't touch them, you see, they're really technically private. But they just hand over everything over to MI6 and the CIA all the time. Very clever, isn't it? Privacy watchdogs too soft and Google over claims it took information from home computers. And this is a probant search engine deemed low priority because the firm was cooperative. So were, the firm was cooperative to the inquirer. So they just postponed the, the investigation for well, quite a few years. And it says the privacy watchdog was last night accused of being caught napping over claims that Google deliberately harvested information from home computers. It was stealing your emails and everything. It wasn't just your, your passwords and so on. I last night that the Information Commissioner had designated its audits into Google's private policy as low priority, simply because the firm's attitude was cooperative. I mean, they met in bars and had a few drinky-poos. And, <laughs> you know, hi, George, how you doing? This is despite the fact that it already handed Google an eight-point improvement plan to ensure uh, people's privacy was no longer breached. Well, it's nonsense. Uh, the MI6 and CIA needed Google. That's why they helped create them. And the public funded them into existence. Another amazing story, isn't it? That's how it always happens, mind you. We're living in, in, we are living in a matrix. Very good cons are on the go right now. Tremendous cons. Most people are conned. And this article too is, is from What's Up With That. It says, a really, really, really bad idea giving the internet to the United Nations. And it says, now, as always, before they gave you the internet, they knew exactly every step they'd go to. Get you used to it. Get you hooked on it. Put lots of porn to make sure everybody's into it. And that's why they put all the porn out there, right off the, 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 the from the very beginning. And once everybody starts using it, they think it's indispensable. And you won't pull away from it So they start to censor it and bring it down until, you know, it's just nothing but a monitoring thing for the big boys to keep track of you. So it says... Um, the New World Order invades your computer. Imagine if everything you did online was subject to monitoring and control by the United Nations. Powerful authoritarian states, including China and Russia, are spearheading in an effort to place the most potent information system in the world under centralized international control. They want the Internet to work with the same efficiency, speed, and reliability as the UN. And that, that's his, his, his little pun there, because, you know, the UN is, is so highly bureaucratic. And far left in with it, with it, its a web, like Sydney web type bureaucraties, it takes some years to get anything done. This week, Congress will, Congress will consider legislation to amend the 1988 international telecommunications regulations to give the United Nations extraordinary powers over the internet. In September, the the authoritarian bloc submitted a proposal entitled The International Code of Conduct for Information Security. In theory, it seems to systematize and standardize the Internet and establish rules for maintaining cybersecurity. In fact, it will give the International Telecommunications Union, a United Nations agency that oversees global telecommunications, vast new powers to regulate and control access to the Internet and information flow in cyberspace that Beijing and Moscow are backing the ideas enough to know it's a bad one. But so is all the Western boys too, you see, because they're all in it together. They're all in it together. This is to throw off you complaining to your own uh, government's of course, and, and but they all work together on these things. The free flow of information has always been an enemy of thuggish regimes. To them, individual expression and the unlimited exchange of ideas which the Internet has made possible for some oppressed people for the first time in history must be stamped out. Such countries view the Internet as a vast intelligence operation, a means of collecting sensitive information on people and preventing freedom of expression through a sophisticated array of censorship tools." And that's in the Washington Times, I think it is. But you understand, that it was all foreseen, as I say, before they gave us the internet. Get them hooked on it, make it lots of fun for the youngsters, and the older folk too. And uh, and then gradually, bit by bit, take it all away from you, because the whole point of it is to keep is to keep a spy in your home, where you update yourself and what you're doing every single day. You know, for free. It's far better than them sending spies out into the communities, listening at, you know, donut shops and things which they've done them for many years in the past, and I'm not kidding about that. They've always employed thousands in every major city, just to walk around, sit around, you know, cafes and bars and listen to the chit chat. You've never had a free society. Never. Never had it. And this article two It's also from What's Up With That. A student in despair over ROM's 11 degrees Fahrenheit temperature increase article. If this comment was reversed, it would be called a death threat. So it says... um, It's a a laugh, a riot, but Rom didn't start questioning the story until after other people started to question it and he passed it on with no caveats in the original post and the archive is here. He did make note in a comment saying I meant to post that 2050 is obviously a mistake by the reporter. We're all going to fry, supposedly, but never actually did it make any caveat in the main body of the post until he found himself embarrassed by it all. He also deleted five days ago after we pointed out the ugly commentary about death wishes for coal and oil people. Now it was from a student uh, that said, "I hope all those who 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 are burning coal and use oil die, die and, and burn to death." That's that's the greenies for you, uh, the, the really brainwashed young greenies. Uh, the little fascist ones that are going to wear their green uniforms and and be set loose on the public uh, when they're old enough to, you know, shave. But uh, that's the way the system's set up. Of course, big, big powers at play. All the big corporations want the greening uh, and austerity packs and all the rest of it and the carbon taxes because it's a new economy to pl- you know, basically rob the general population of the last few pennies they have. WikiLeaks founder Julian Asange has been extrad- uh, can be extradited to Sweden to face a sex crime allegations. The Supreme Court has ruled, and it says Assange was not in court to hear the ruling because he was stuck in traffic. And lawyers from the WikiLeaks boss have argued that the European arrest warrant issued against him is invalid and unenforceable and... The Swedish authorities want a sangue for to answer accusations of raping one woman and sexually molesting and coercing another in Stockholm, August 2010. But, of course, he, he said that it was consensual, etc., etc., and there's other uh, political motivations behind their accusations. So we'll wait and see. Back after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the the big system we live in and the farce of reality that they dish out to us, etc. Because they never go into what's really behind it and the, the major media won't tell you what's behind things either. They just dish things out to you and don't tell you what the machinations are behind it all and who's behind it all and so on. But this article is about China buying up Spain's assets they're buying up everybody's assets. But don't worry. See, the guys in China that run the money uh, have been there for a long time. They've been there for a few centuries. And it's the same guys, really, who run the world's money system. And they're not afraid of them at all because China's in the pockets, you see. They're the same globalists always have been. And um, it's just China buys up Spain's assets. As a debt-laden Spanish construction firm became the latest European company to unload assets onto eager Chinese buyers, as Europe's debt woes forced firms to look to China for cash. So a straight grid corporation, China's government-controlled, means China's communist government-controlled power grid operator, said Tuesday it would buy high-voltage electricity transmission assets in Brazil, but owned by Spain, from Spain's. Uh, Actividades de Construccione e Servicios SA for 1.86 billion reais, which is 938.2 million dollars, including debt. The deal is State Grid's second investment in Brazil and its fourth major investment overseas, and is the most recent in a string of deals in which a European company has looked to exit an investment. Remember, too, Brazil is getting massive of, m- amounts of your tax money pumped into as an up-and-coming nation, same as uh, India, etc. There's whole organizations out there that attend the United Nations meetings where they tell you where they're going to pump you know, money into different corporations and make corporations build them. And they tell you, too, that for every dollar you invest... Uh, the governments will use the taxpayers' money from maybe a dozen tw- or twenty countries to back it dollar for dollar until you you'd back maybe twenty dollars or forty dollars per dollar that you put in and it can 't fail It cannot fail. you understand big big scams fantastic scams for those who get internet of course so China is buying up spain's assets nobody 's worried about China because it 's all owned and controlled. By the same boys. Don't forget too, they used Marxism to to unite lots of countries together under one system, one system. And they they also had lots of slave labor. Uh, They were into free labor through prisoners uh, before the U.S. made it a big business. You know, that's what they do. Uh, Prisons are all for profit now. Uh, but, but Russia did it long before them. But they united all these countries under a single system, and they always have wars of liberation, as you call them, to con all the public. And then a little clique takes over uh, that deal with the Western bankers. And, and China is no different. That's why they had to unite uh, China and get it that way. They tried to use drugs for a long time to bring China down. Worked pretty well actually. Uh, and the same boys who are even some members' of the descendants are in Congress today. They are awfully well off, off the whole drug thing into China, but it's far better to get them to unite under this con of, of uh, communism, uh, which just means slavery for, for a, a small cabal at the top. It's a politburo, very old families at the top, of course, and it's much easier to rule all the billions of people that way. It's easier to rule them, less squabbling at the top with a big, you know, democracy or anything like that. So the, the, the globalists like that awfully, awfully well. So they, here they are, they're, they're buying up Spain's assets and other countries' assets for peanuts, really, according to what they're really worth, because the bankers are putting the heavy on Spain and other countries as they take them all down. Mind you, they're going to do it again in North America and, uh, uh, and elsewhere across Europe, because the plan for the future is that all your disposable income, that's the cash you like to buy things with for yourself. We'll all go to fees and carbon taxes, energy taxes, etc., etc. As they train you to tighten your belt and to be good little feudal peasants again. Round in a circle, eh? Round in a circle. And the public can't quite catch on to that yet. Well, that will never happen. They say that before everything that you say is going to happen happens. Well, that will never happen. And then when it does happen, they never come and say, you know, you were right. They never, ever say that. And then you tell them the next thing that's going to happen, oh, that'll never happen. That's how people are, you see. Their conditioning has been perfect, perfect. And they can't break out of it. They set, they actually call it default positions. That's what Sunstein, another neuroscientist, he's not a neuroscientist, but he pretends he is. But neuroscientists call it, they set you into your default position, a kind of Pavlovian response. Worth good, too, with guilt and other things, too. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, is good night to me, your God or your gods, go with you.